Good evening to those in social media. This is Grace and Faith Fellowship. We thank you once again for coming to you with our weekly message. We come to you every uh, Saturday night at 7 p.m. to minister with God to you. We also um, have our Bible studies on Thursday night. Yeah, we come to you live. And so if you uh, want to hear the word, we have different topics. Um, you can also tune to us on Thursday nights where we have our group. But we just want to be a blessing to you, speak the word to you, encourage you. We'll also we challenge you to understand the word of God. And then as you understand, apply it to your life. And so we are grateful that we're able to come to you on your social media, whatever you listen, whether you're on your tablet, on your desktop or your phone. We just want to be a blessing to you. And so this week, we're going to start a new series. I always have these series that God put in my heart. And the title of the subject is Drifting. Okay, Drifting. You know, I, I grew up with a song. And, you know, when I came out, you had prayer and testimony service. And, and there was a song that said, you know, there's a storm out on the ocean. And it's moving this way. It said that if your soul's not anchored in Jesus, it said you will surely drift away. And we used to sing that song, and somebody would start singing that song, and that song could go on for long, long. We just we continue to sing that song. And like I say, it was a praise and worship song, as we would call it today. But back then, they called it. Uh, prayer and testimony. So maybe a mother started one of the saints would sing that. And we would just have a good time with it. But that's what we want to focus on today. We want to focus on drifting. Well, drifting away from God. You, you, you're saved and you may be a believer, but maybe you've drifted away from the Lord by allowing different things um, to get in your way. And that's what happened. We've been talking about even though you're saved, you can get distracted from what God has called us to do. Because we've been talking about you can get distracted from righteous living based on circumstances that you're going through or distracted from serving God, doing ministry based on things that you've experienced. Maybe so understand that, hey, drifting is not what God wants. And the scripture deals with that. So we want to talk about drifting. Okay, drifting. And so you say, mate, well, what is this thing about drifting? Okay. And so I want to talk to um, and we're going to deal with some, some things, some foundational things that we need to do in order to keep us from drifting. So Stop said one of the easiest people to drift away from is God. You know, it's Jesus. It's, he's one of the easiest places. So why is that? Because here's the thing, we, we can't see him. Uh, he doesn't blow up our lock screen for notifications because, you know, we all got iPhones, you know, Android. So God doesn't blow up your screen like, you know, maybe your friends do or other things to give you notifications that, hey, I'm here, haven't just heard from you in a while. He doesn't do that. And, and most of the time, he doesn't shout from the heavens in a booming voice, okay? God doesn't do that. That's not how really God gets our attention. So 
if we're going about our lives about without really paying attention, we can quickly get to a place where we ignore God from, from days at a time, then weeks. Then we can't remember the last time we talked or even thought thought about it. See, this can happen. This can happen to anybody. It doesn't matter whether you've been saved, you know, a month or whether you've been saved 20 years. Because that's the, this is what I want you to understand. That this is the job of the enemy. The, the enemy understands that if he can't keep you from getting saved, then guess what? He won't distract you. He wants you to drift away from the things of God, get distracted, distract, excuse me, from the things of the world, okay? And begin to just do your own thing and not really pay attention to the things of God, to the maybe the call that God has in your life, to witnessing, um, sharing the gospel with people, winning souls to Christ, you know, being a good steward of what God has given us. He can have us so distracted from things, okay? And so, and this can cause us to drift away, okay? To just totally drift away from the things of God, of God himself. And maybe that's you I'm speaking to tonight, that you've drifted away. You've got, you know, caught up with things. Maybe you don't even attend ministry anymore. You don't go to anybody's Bible study. You're just doing your thing. And once again, it doesn't mean you're not saved. But the Bible says, that, and here's what we need to understand, and I don't think that it's preached a lot, that believers, we need to understand we're going to be judged too. We know that unbelievers are going to be judged, but we have a different type of judgment. The Bible calls it the judgment seat of Christ. Where every believer, the Bible says, you can read that thing in, in 2 Corinthians, I believe, chapter 3, where it says we're going to be judged for the works that we did in our body, whether it be good or bad. So you, you're going to be judged for how you fulfill your assignment, the things that God calls you and you didn't do. So there's going to be judgment for the believer. Okay. And so we need to understand that, hey, that this is more than just missing hell. Okay. That your, your ticket to heaven is secured. Yes. But the thing is, you've drifted away from God. And you, because you've allowed the world, you've allowed maybe things to happen in your life to cause you to drift away, and you're no longer interested in the things of God. And I want to challenge you to get back to this. And I want to tell you, maybe you drifted away from God. And God doesn't want that. He wants us to be close to Him. He wants to have an intimate, close relationship with Him. So I want to get so to to fight this natural tendency to drift. Um, we have to make prayer a priority. So the first thing we're going to talk about in this series is prayer. Prayer will keep you from drifting. We're going to really get into prayer because prayer, I think, um, is really, it can become mechanical um, to where we say, okay, yeah, I pray every day. And maybe you say, well, I pray every day. But what is your prayer life like? Is it just you praying over your food every time you eat something? Or it's just you just, you know, you only pray when you get in trouble. Okay. I mean, but we're talking about a serious prayer life, one that calls you to have an intimate, close relationship with God. So if you we're gonna fight this natural tendency, one of the key things here to keep from drifting is prayer. Prayer has to become 
a priority. Okay, and, and when something is truly a priority, we will we make whatever adjustments are needed to ensure that it happens. So it needs to become a priority. Prayer needs to become a priority in life. And so what adjustments do you need to make to make sure it's a priority? If you got to move some things around, because it's it, it says when prayer is a priority, you will do whatever is necessary. And when something is a priority in your life, you do whatever is necessary to make it happen, to make sure that you get this thing done and on a consistent basis. So well, how do we get this thing done? So maybe it's waking up a little earlier to get some some time with God before running outdoors. Maybe you have to get up a little earlier. Okay. Um, maybe it's setting an alarm on your phone to remind you um, to shout out a quick prayer a few times a day. Okay. Maybe it's setting a reminder on your plan, your, your devotional plan to help you not forget. Even brief times with God every day over time will help you help keep you anchored and talking to him regularly will help you avoid drifting. Okay. So these are maybe things that you have to do. If it's getting up a little early, if it's, you know, setting remind and give a reminder yourself, there's nothing wrong with that because why? Because if it's a priority to you now, if you said, I know what, I want to make prayer a priority because, hey, I don't want to drift away from God because it's like I said, it's so easy to do that. It's so easy to get caught up with just the, uh, the things in life. Maybe your mother, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be sin, but, you know, a mother who's taking care of kids and make sure the house taken care and make sure the husband take care of the husband who's working, you know, maybe a lot of hours trying to make ends meet, make sure everything stay focused. And you got friends, you got family. You know, you got, you know, then you want to have a little leisure time, watch TV or whatever the case may be, things, you know, now we have social media. So you're on your social media and, and social media is not a bad thing. I don't want you to, I don't want to promote that social is a bad thing, but it, it can distract us from the time that we spend in God. If we're not careful, if we don't manage our time correctly, if we don't um, make prayer a priority and I don't want to get into how long you have to pray. You know, it's, no, I don't want to get into that because, you know, whatever time that you use, whether it's 5, 10, 15, you know, because you sometimes we get intimidated. We hear people say, well, I prayed for an hour or I prayed for two hours. Um, we can become intimidated. And then sometimes, and I know for me, for myself, when I heard people, it, it makes you feel less than. And so you say, well, okay, well, God doesn't value my five or 10 minutes. Yes, he does. But if you are committed and serious and consistent with that 15, five, 10, 15 minutes a day, you know, and at least as it says here, maybe it's just, you know, 15 minutes in the morning, uh, 15 minutes on, you know, maybe, or excuse me, five minutes on your lunch break. Maybe when you get home, you know, everything. You know, you maybe get another 10 minutes. Even before you go to bed, you get another 15 minutes. So guess what? All that adds up to an hour, hour and a half, you know. So, but you got to be committed and it got to make it a priority, okay, to understand that, you know what, prayer is going to keep, because prayer will keep you from drifting. I'm I'm living myself, and, you know, and over, over the years, my prayer lives have grown. 
to the point where I started out mechanically to say, okay, yeah, I'm going to do it, you know, because God said do it and, you know, pray maybe five minutes and, okay, I got up and I did it, you know, and I used it as just, okay, I check off list, I did it. And we don't want to become that because it's just mechanical and you're not really, but I'm talking about intimate prayer with God. And we're going I'm gonna talk more in detail with that next week, but I just want to lay a foundation tonight uh, about prayer. So, but prayer will keep you from what why? Because it is how we communicate with God. Okay. It is how we communicate with him. Or, you know, some people they only pray when they go to church. You know, when the pastor says, you know, bow your head and you know, intercessory prayer. No, but prayer has to be a lifestyle. It has to be something that's a priority. So the first thing we're going to talk about tonight, I'm just going to lift up a few scriptures tonight. I'm not going to be for you long. Um, it's going to talk about prayer in order to keep from drifting. Because we don't want to drift away from God. It's prayer, making prayer a priority. So the first scripture I want to lift up tonight is 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, okay? 16 through 18 and i'm going to be reading from the new living translation and it says always be joyful never stop praying be thankful in all circumstance for this is the will of god for you who belong to christ jesus okay so listen to it, it says always be joyful but the, the one we're going to focus on here it says never stop praying you say well how do i do that how, how do i do that how do i never stop praying because you said you know i gotta work i can't always focus on that so how do i never stop praying that there are two main ways that this verse can be interpreted when it's okay it says probably the most common interpretation is that we are supposed to pray constantly it is understood that we cannot physically be praying every single minute of the day, okay? So an attitude of prayer where we are constantly in communion with the Lord is stress. Uh, this is certainly something that to be advocated and followed, okay? So it's time to have an attitude of prayer. It's, you know, keeping your mind on the things of God. Now and allow your mind to get so drift away where you're not focused on God. Okay, and I know our minds constantly go, but it says have an attitude of prayer. It's constantly standing in communion with God all day long. You know, how do you do that? Well, you have, if you maybe read a scripture in the morning, you just every now and then begin to meditate on that scripture and say, you can be talking to God while you're working in the sense, okay, Lord, you know, what is that scripture? Give me a revelation of that scripture. You know, as you continue to, to meditate on that scripture that you study and ask God questions as you're working or as you're driving down the road in your car and ask God to give you revelation. You're constantly communing. It's an attitude of prayer or maybe God puts somebody on your heart, you know, whether it's your spouse, whether your kids, whether it's a neighbor, whether it's a co-worker, anybody that God put in your heart, you're constantly, you're constantly standing in an attitude of prayer. So you never stop praying. Okay. And so this need to be followed. You advocate. We advocate that you just stay in the attitude of prayer. Okay. You can't physically always get on your knees and pray and, you know, have that, you know, 
uh, personal, private time. Because once again, we have routines to go through daily. But stay in the attitude of prayer. Okay. And so it seems more reasonable, however, that this verse is teaching that we should not cease praying until we see the manifestation of what we have believed for. Now, this is different because a lot of times we give up, okay, on what God has promised. Now, here's what I'm saying here. If God has promised it in the word, you ought to continue to meditate on that and stand on that until you see a manifestation. Now, what? how did that look? Let me show you how that looked. That, when, when we talk about prayer, let me make this clear. When we talk about prayer, we're not talking about begging God to do something. Okay, we're not talking about, that's not prayer according to under grace, under this new covenant. We don't have to beg God to do stuff for us. Please, Lord, help me, you know, please, God, you know, uh, you know, heal it. No, heal my mom or heal my dad or heal my body. We don't have to beg him. Prayer is not begging God. Prayer, what is prayer? Prayer is really communicating with God. You know, and of course, it missed out. There's different types of prayer, but most of the prayers is communicating with God. And then when you go to the word and you find God's promises, you stand on them. When we talk about here, talking about believing God and praying until you see a manifestation. If what we need to do is go into the word, okay, find out what God says about his word. Find out what he said and stand on that promise. Now, how, do you, how does that look? I want to give you, you know, just one, because I don't want to just tell you this. How does it look? Well, you said, Lord, you said in your word that by your stripes I'm healed. So therefore, in the name of Jesus, I declare healing in my body. I stand on this. I get in agreement with you, Lord, that hey, this shall manifest itself in my body. Now, you may not see it right away. You could. You may. It may take a week. It may take a month. It may take a year. But you stand on that until you see the manifestation. Why? Because you have the promise in the word. Okay, you have the promise. So I'm never going to stop praying until I miss the manifestation. Now, let me say, well, because somebody out here, you said, well, you know what? I prayed for my mom to get healed. She didn't get healed. Or I prayed for this situation. I prayed for God to save my marriage. And and you know what? It's, we still got a divorce. Well, let me say this to you. If it's, it is God's will for your marriage to work, it is God's will for the person that you love to be healed. But understand this. When it comes to other people, there are other variables. Okay. That person has a will too. So they may not want to get healed. So even though you stand in agreement for them to get healed, you may not see that come to pass. Because if that person is not in agreement with you, God can't override their will. Let me make that clear. God cannot override somebody's will. God cannot. God, you may be believing God to save your marriage, but if your spouse does not have a desire for, for or does not listen to God, because God will deal with them. But if they they can reject the things of God. See, people don't. Uh, we don't teach that. People have wills. God cannot override somebody's will. So. It is for us. You are supposed to stand on the promise of God. But when there are other variables um, 
to consider other than other people when talking about other people other people have wills and desires too and their desire is not in agreement with with the word then god cannot make that come to pass because you have a will god will not override a person's will even though you may desire something for a person but they have to get an agreement for order for that see the manifestation of that okay the same experience but do god wants to be in agreement and pray for people absolutely because the bible teaches that intercession but you cannot override people's will and then sometimes your prayer may take longer to manifest because if god's got to get the other person or something else in agreement it may take time okay the bible talk about seed time and harvest okay it may take time but you stand on that word because sometimes it may other people may take them time to get an agreement with god word versus you may get in an agreement with god word quickly than they do but the scripture does teach we can stand on so we need to stand on that continue to cease without praying until we see a manifestation that in other words once god we believe the lord for some in prayer we should shouldn't let go of the prayer of that prayer until we have an answer so once again we're not talking about babying god and bombarding heaven and and trying to make god do something let me say this your prayers can't make god do anything okay i know we may you may have been taught that contrary but your prayers cannot make god do anything matter of fact prayer does not manipulate god and, and twist his arm to do something it doesn't hurry him up okay what prayer does is you are basically claiming what the word of god says and otherwise let me say this you know because we live in under grace so grace makes faith takes if grace didn't make it then your faith can't take it let me give you an example you know what if somebody is already married well you can't pray for somebody else's spouse that's not what grace do grace don't go you don't pray to take somebody else's spouse no grace didn't didn't make that but when you you find the promises in god's word where it says hey you go to the promises get a good the promises and then you release your faith to take hold of what god has already made available okay that's what, how we pray when we're talking about praying and without ceasing and to see until you see the manifestation okay so you need to understand that so keep praying until you see the answer because why you believe that god is already done you're not trying to make it happen it is already done in the square in the spirit realm and what your faith do your faith go in the spirit realm and take apprehend and bring it into reality this is what they do so it doesn't matter either interpretation either interpretation is right okay so but you understand that hey i believe god is that hey i'm going to stand on god's world until i i see the manifestation of that and this keeps us from drift, drifting because what's going to happen if if you're not convinced that that god's word is true and that the promises of god as the bible says yes and amen then guess what what you're gonna you're gonna drift away you're gonna stop praying you're gonna allow the enemy you're gonna start to believe the word of the enemy and say it's never gonna happen because in the midst of you praying 
You need to understand the enemy's gonna come to you and say, Hey, this ain't gonna happen. Why are you praying for? This ain't gonna work. You know what? Uh, well, you wasting your time. And see, this is what the enemy, I believe, is speaking to somebody. He's telling you that you've been wasting your time praying. But I come and tell you that the devil's a lie. You're not wasting your time praying. Declare God's promises over your life and believe to see the manifestation. You're going to see the manifestation. And don't quit until you see it. You got to believe. Don't quit until you see it. Okay, the second scripture I want to look at tonight, this is the last scripture for tonight, is Romans chapter 12, verses 11 and 12. I'm going to read it from um, the New Living Translation first, and then I'm going to read it from um, the King James. So it says here, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. I love that. So don't be lazy because what? When we're drifting, this is what happens when you become drifting. You become lazy in the things of God. You don't take time for it anymore. And this is what prayer do. Prayer makes us constantly, you know, stay in connection with God. But it says never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. It says, be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Now, I'm going to read it from the King James Version. Let me read verse 11 and 12. It says in the King James, it says, not slowful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulations, and continuing, continually instant in prayer. Okay, so what does that mean? All right, the first thing I want to focus on, you notice it says hope. Okay, it says we are to, that last 12, it says rejoice in hope. Okay, rejoice in hope. See, hope causes people to rejoice. See, maybe you're not, when you begin to drift away from God, okay, you lose your hope. Maybe you lost your hope, okay? Hope causes people to rejoice. What is hope? Hope is an expectation of the things of God. I'm expecting some rejoicing because I'm expecting. And this is what prayer do because prayer, when you pray, you're expecting God to do what he said. Okay, you're expecting him to do whatever he said he's going to do. God, I believe what your word said. And so, therefore, I'm expecting to see it any day. And let me say this. Sometimes, especially when it comes to healing, it's a gradual thing. I know God has, over the years, I've been believing him to heal some things in my body. And I, I got to say, it's been a gradual healing. Constant. I get better, better and better each year, each day. And I, and I praise God. We got to learn how to praise God for the small victory. You know, if you're in pain and guess what? Tomorrow, your pain is a little less. And praise God for that. Okay. It's it's a gradual thing. Because sometimes we look for the instantaneous. And God can do that. But sometimes it's a gradual. See, Because sometimes, really, healing is over a period of time. Actually, sometimes when people get instant, that's a miracle. 
So it says, don't be, so hope causes people to rejoice. So it says, no rejoicing, no hope. So the reason why you're not rejoicing is because you've lost your expectation. And I want to encourage you now to get back, get your expectation back. Okay, get your joy back. Okay, and begin to expect God. How do you do that? By praying, having this intimate relationship with God through prayer and connecting with him. And the word instant, let me read that um, from the King James. It says, uh, continuing instant in prayer. Instant. So what is that talking about? So look at this word instant. It instant means to be earnest towards, okay, to a thing. It means to persevere, okay? It be constantly diligent. Listen to the words. Persevere, diligent. To attend assiduously, assiduously all the exercise. Okay. To adhere to a person closely to. Okay. So listen to the words. You're strong. Being persistent. Being diligent. So your prayer life should be some of perseverance. It should be diligent. It should be uh, adhered to closely. You know, it earnest towards, okay? So this is speaking of being earnest, persevering, and constantly diligent to attend, to adhere to prayer. So prayer is just not something passive that we need to say, okay, you know, well, whenever I think about it, whenever it pops in my mind, whatever I make, whenever I, excuse me, get time to pray, I'm going to pray. No, and because that may that may be why you're drifting. You're drifting from the thing of God. You no longer have that close connection with God like you used to have. Or maybe you've never had it. And I want to encourage you, you can have this intimate relationship with God. You can have a closer relationship with God. God can be that close friend, okay, to you. But like I said, some we 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 reason why we don't take it seriously because we can't see God, we can't see Him, so we drift away. As I said earlier, and we says, you know what, God is not, you know, bombarding us with things and knocking on our door, and you know, and a lot of times, you know, in in legalistic ministries to teach legalism, you know, they're. Um, they tell you what well, God, the reason why you're having all these trouble because you haven't been praying. The reason why you haven't, you know, financial problems or marital problems or, you know, sickness in your body because you haven't been praying. And and now God is punishing you. No, God's not punishing you. He's not doing that. He loves you. He cares you. But he do want an intimate relationship with you through prayer. But it has to be. A want to, not a have to. God wants a He's not going to force it on you. He's not going to allow bad things to happen to you because you're not praying. But what happened is that if you're not in constant communication, and this is even a natural, when you're not in constant communication with someone, you, you begin to drift away. The relationship is not as close. And that's the thing with God. God wants a close relationship with you because, 
and he want to do it through prayer. And one of the ways you want to do it through, through prayer, this is one way we're going to talk many ways, is through prayer and to commune. But he wants prayer, so it's persevering. It says be instant in prayer, continue instant. So it's got to be persevering. It's got to be constant. It's got to be diligent. It's got to be something that you do intentionally and want to spend time you make time for. Okay? And so this is what we so. We don't want to drift away from the Lord. Okay, we don't want to do that. We don't want to. So this is one of the ways. This is the first way I want to speak on is prayer. Begin to pray. Begin to uh, build on your prayer life. You know, if you have one and if you don't have one, begin to start today. Begin to start tonight and begin to, you know, take time and make time to say, you know what, I, I want to take time to get to know God because I've been drifting away. I've found, I don't really know him. And he wants you to know him through prayer and allow him to talk to you. And prayer is just not a monologue. It's a dialogue. Let him speak to you. Okay. As you pray, he will give you answers. He will talk to you as you, you know, communicate with him. You know, God is not so dis, he's not so big that we can't have this close relationship with him. But we don't want, we, we, we're coming against drifting. You're drifting away because why? You haven't talked to him maybe in weeks or in months in days, or maybe in years. And I'm not like saying this talking about, wait, you know, hey, yeah, I did pray about it. I thank God for the food that I had. Once again, we just know we're not talking about prayer. Prayer, I want to talk about intimate, deep prayer. That's voluntarily, that is consistent on a daily basis, that you get to know him through prayer. Okay, through prayer and allowing him to speak to you, you and you speak to him. So let me pray for you tonight. Father God, in the name of you, we thank you for every here that's hearing you right now. We come against drifting. Okay, people who have drifted away from you. God, I pray that you will draw close to them because your word said you draw, we draw nigh to you, you will draw nigh to us. I pray, God, there are people who listen to me who have a desire to draw close to you. I pray, God, that you will show them how through your word to pray, to, to pray and to fellowship with you through prayer. And God, I thank you for having a conversation with the things that um, they need to know and hear from you because God, you want to talk to us and I know you do. And God, remind them that you want to talk to them, speak things into their life, show them the plans you have in their life. Give them, I thank you God for giving them direction, giving them wisdom and knowledge of the things of your word. Most God, the plans you have for their life. I thank you and I give you glory and praise for what you're doing. I come against God any driftiness, anything distracting that gets in the way of your plan for them, for them spending time with you. And I give you glory and praise in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Once again, thank you for listening. We're going to come back again next week and we're going to really dig into this prayer. I think there's more I want to say on this, but that's the first thing we're going to talk about. To keep from drifting, you want to have a close, intimate, consistent prayer life. And so we're going to continue to talk about that next week. 
and I will see you again next week. Once again, thank you for listening, and we'll see you again next week. Bye-bye.